0: We're going to explore how one might express this commitment to the vision, just like in the last week we, ex- we considered how one might express commitment to God and commitment to each other. And finally, we're going to t- take some time to imagine what could tomorrow look like? What if we were those swarming birds or moving together? What What? Begin to dream into that. So that's where we're going to go today. The first thing I wanted to do was just remember... Really, some of the things that God's done for us over the last little while, and you'd see some of these faces on the screen, and they might remind you of of some of the stories, but even some of those that aren't on the screen. I was remembering this week the story of, of Claire Ackerman. She realized how much she missed God, but as she and others had been praying, she started to think about God being closer. Then in the middle of a park run, God actually met with her, and she experienced being close to him again. Then Malachi, her son, who had lost hope that God would meet with him, having heard Claire's story, began to wonder, I wonder if God might meet me in ways I hadn't expected, such as a park run, and discovered that God was eager to meet him and actually had been speaking to him without him realising. Or the story of Julia Tizard, who'd been dry, but in a moment a touch from the king had changed her so much so, that as soon as her husband walked in the door, she said, something's changed in you. Her whole demeanour had changed. Or you might remember Marissa's story, where she was watching on, on Zoom, she wasn't able to meet, join us for the meeting, but just as we were worshipping, the presence of God came on her and just caused all kinds of celebration coming out of her, or even Moses' story up there, realising that he's living, trying to gain God's approval, and then realised, I don't go up and down in God's eyes based on my performance, his love is stable. You might remember Owen's story, suddenly realised that the things that he should do had become the things he wanted to do. And the discovery that suddenly he had an expectation with every conversation he went into, that God's actually having an adventure in each, peop- each person's life in front of him. You might remember Rachel's story about how every time she took the bins out, she'd meet someone that God had been putting on her heart, and then she'd have a conversation with those people whenever she took the bins out. Or Kim's story that God unlocked forgiveness in her that actually set her free as well. Or Ginny's story, she felt that God told her to praise him and so she was kind of really struggling to kind of get it going and then suddenly God met her in that moment and praise started bubbling out of her and she found that it was interrupting every conversation she had thereafter. Ben had told the story of God freeing him from depression, realising that God is good and now Ben has a driving desire to know who God is. You remember from last week, David and Tracy's uh, testimony. David saying, why would he answer my prayers? And Tracy's saying, I woke up from my coma with the loving arms of God wrapped around me. You would have read the, the blog from Trevor, who is becoming more and more withdrawn and isolated. And God met with him at the weekend away. And now he has a hunger and a need to be around people and express love and care to others. Um, Polly within, within our youth group is sharing the story that she had a bit of a reputation for being a, a bit of a rebel and uh, she would regularly receive in disciplinary points no matter what advice we gave her as youth leaders nothing really seemed to change and on the weekend away she caught a sight of God and suddenly she decided I don't want to get disciplinary points I want achievement points. She discarded an identity that she'd hung so tightly to in the light of having seen who he is. These are just some stories of what God's doing in some of us. This is happening. This is what we mean by one touch with the king. Each of these lives are being transformed whenever that happens. It's difficult in a testimony slot to get the gravity of how much is changing from just one sight Now imagine God does what he promises and gives every single one of us a sight of him that has that dramatic impact and change. What are we going to look like as a community? I find that just an exciting thing to dream about and we'll have a chance to do that later. Is God excited about where this community is going? I think so. Do you agree with him? Right, Dad's going to help us on the next section.
1: What happens if we say that this is the Lord's doing? What does the Bible say? Sorry? Sorry? Oh, all right, right, okay. It doesn't really fit with, oh, yeah, that was all right. It was interesting. If we receive something, this is what God's doing, wow, God is involved. Or, if he's doing that there, I believe he could do something for me. I will turn to him. A very, very exciting thing. All right, so you've often heard us say, those who've been around for a while, that our vision is our values. We're more focused on being to the praise of his glory than doing. doesn't mean to say we don't do anything, but it means to say that, everything we do must be an expression of our values to love to care to serve and I don't want to go all through them now we'll cover that another time but to live out what God has revealed to us as himself much more about being than doing and actually the ability to live out Those values, really they're all aspects of care. Commitment is an aspect of care. Serving is an aspect of care. And we can do that wherever we are. Whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's at school, whether it's in a different country. Some of you watching right now, watching from a different country. Wherever we are, God empowers us to do that living out those values in any setting he places us. And then there's the question of our faith together, the things that God draws us together to do, and the fact that individually we hear from God. So corporately we hear from God, because faith comes by hearing, hearing by God's word. But individually, we can hear God and we are then empowered because for everything that God says, he gives us the ability to actually be obedient and faithful to that, even to going into all the world and preaching the gospel. Sometimes, it's probably not so much now, but sometimes going into the world into all the world and preaching the gospel seem to be restricted to, you know, a few of us would stand on the corner and shout scriptures or somebody would mark, march up and down the high street with some placard, you know, the wage of sin is death or, you know, something rather uplifting like that, you know. <laughs> what God calls us to do, of course, is to be ready to declare his name and to speak of his goodness. But he actually calls us to be salt and light. Those who, by living out those values, by living in his love, have the ability to actually be light in the darkness and bring salt, that cleansing, disinfecting, that thing that actually brings savor into the whole community. That's part of our purpose. Will Jamie, come do tell us a bit more:
0: So I've got a little, couple of illustrations here to try and help uh, get that idea of living out the vision, which is ultimately living the values. So um, let me have Sam. come give me a hand. Oh, that made you wake up, didn't it? And uh, Micah. Micah, come give me a hand. Okay, right. Who's got the longest hair? Okay, Micah, you come be Jesus. You come stand over here. Right. So, just like in the old days, this is what Jesus would have worn. All right. Then... So, Sam, you're just any regular one of us. Now, you see here, Jesus has his values. Yeah? What we're believing happens is when we get close to Jesus, come give a nice hug, big cuddle, big cuddle. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 Now, let's see if it works. Okay, oh. a bigger cuddle. You've got you to got really be in God's presence for it. Come, 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 snuggle in. There we go, oh, there we go, there we go, there we go. And, uh, let's move that round, So there we go. So, of course, he doesn't steal Jesus' values, he's still got values there, yeah? But it's been duplicated onto, onto Sam. Now, Sam can come over here and sit next to Richard. Say, oh, yeah, there's, there's a little seat there. How how big do you want a seat, mate? Right. Now, Sam's just gone to work, gone to any place that, that he needs to be. Now, Richard here can look and see, hmm, I see something that looks out of this world. Because what he's carrying is exactly what Jesus was carrying. So as we come, we get close to him, who Jesus is actually begins to transform us. And sometimes is happening without Sam needing to think about it. The stuff that Jesus is melting in his heart, transforming him, just comes with him wherever he goes. This is what we're talking about in terms of our vision. We're living out our values. Our vision is to be who Jesus has shown us, to, has shown us he is and what he's like. Thank you very much, Jesus. You did a great job. Thank you. Thank you very much, the rest of us. Now, we can also see that in a virtual format, if we can whack the PowerPoint back up. So, we come, we're close to Jesus, and when we're sent out into the world, yeah, that's the height of technology there. (laughs) Pixar's going to recruit us, look at that. So what does that, that, that's kind of the illustration, the concept. So what does that actually mean? Well, it's when the mother is genuinely caring for her child. When she uses those opportunities to go to baby groups, to meet with others, just being who God has transformed her to be is enjoyed and benefited by others. Uh, Is it having joy in that God-given role as the mother? Or it's when Lucy November is moved by the suffering of our friends in Sierra Leone, considers the skills that she has from midwifery and research, and she goes out there and she says, how can I help? It's Jesus represented wherever she's gone. Now Two Young Lives, the program that she's started is saving lives of mothers and babies and seeing broken relationships restored. Is that not what we see when we look at him? Did Jesus not come to restore lives? Then we see that taking place because we've seen him, we've been touched by him. We're not just trying hard to copy an example, we are transformed by our very being, in our very being, by being with him. Or it's when Ken comes and serves us so quietly. Behind the scenes, and we benefit from that. Where dad's grass gets excited when the doorbell rings because it's, it's Ken coming. Or Chris page is motivated to try and find a way to help men in the community connect and started the Men's Shed. Is that not what we see of Jesus? But it's working out in a very practical way. Or the story about one of our young people who last week went, walked across this room to introduce themselves to, to someone else, overcoming all the fear and the anxiety of rejection or looking silly because she'd seen someone that had left his place of comfort to come down and be with us. You see, it's the same thing just worked out in our lives. Because we've been touched by him, we've been in his presence. Or it's say as... Um, within a role as head of the nurses at King George's. That expression of love for the patients and the care for the staff, is that not what we see when we look at Jesus? Those of you that were at the first Tuesday prayer meeting would have heard Andrew reading a letter from one of his ex-students. Andrew's just gone there to do his job. But he doesn't just do his job. He represents Jesus because he's been around Jesus. He's been transformed by Jesus. And so this student has written this letter saying, I saw something out of this world. I experienced something that was out of this world because I experienced the Jesus that was on you. Michael Tizard, this is a bit of a Tizard show today. Michael Tizard. When he was uh, at university, he just uh, started sharing a house and whenever he wanted a cup of tea, he just knocked on all of the other doors of his, of his housemates to say, cup of tea, cup of tea, cup of tea, and he'd make tea for everyone. And all, all he was doing, that was just natural Michael, that's what Michael would do. But within a week or so, he started getting a knock on his door when any of the other housemates wanted a cup of tea. And at the end of the year, one of the guys said to him that was in part of his housemate, You set the atmosphere for this whole house. It would have been so different if you weren't part of this. Because Jesus was there. He was there in the form of Michael. He was represented in that moment just by Michael being Michael. But Michael was the best form of Michael because it was the God inspired Michael. Whatever you're doing, wherever he has placed you, it's about being who he has called us to be in those places. It's about representing Jesus, and it's about the same spirit that operated in Jesus, doing all the things that he did, he's now doing through us. We're going to take two minutes in breakout rooms now, and don't worry, if you're on Zoom, you get to select if you go into the breakout room. We're not going to throw you in. I want you to ident- identify a time where you feel that you have been able to represent Jesus. Can you think of a time? or can you identify a time when you've represented Jesus? So two minutes, go.
1: It's good to talk of what God does. Good to talk of experiences that God has given us. you know, just looking around, you seem to be enjoying doing that. Well, that's right. It's an enjoyable thing to talk of the goodness of God and talk about what God's doing. Yes. Right. Jamie, if you'd like to take this. Okay good so we've looked at this question of uh, examples of living out the values and shared that together Uh, if you've said yeah this is is me, this is where I'm at this is, this is where God has put me this is, a, this is where I want to go this is the life I want to live basically it's kind of recommitting to yeah. this is the journey that I'm on you will have a sense of God wanting to express himself through you wherever you are. A sense of, of, of purpose, significance, that you're on a mission. You know, I always remember a story, Mike Stevens, some of you remember, you know, from, it's now based in the States. He was a, a major in the paratroopers uh, that some years ago. And he, he talked about um, catching vision and purpose, and he's He said part of his role was training, uh, training paratroopers. And he said the best ones to train were those that knew they were leaving for, this is when the troubles were in Northern Ireland, those that were leaving for Northern Ireland the next day. He said they were the ones that were keen to pick up. When we know we have a purpose, when we know we have a mission, when we know that God is using us and sending us That sense of picking up and catching hold of what God has got for us and how God could use us in a given situation. A sense of belonging to a community going somewhere. Responsibility, ownership. Can't just sort of think, oh, it's that thing over there. We talk, if you remember, about the express train, joining the express train that's going to thunder on. But of course, we never want to get into that thing of, well, what's in it for me? What can this community do for me? There's not a machine that exists to serve my need, although needs will be met. Of course, that brings to mind that very famous quote from JFK. I think it was at his inauguration. He said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. See, God doesn't owe us anything. He's already laid down his life for us. We have the privilege and opportunity of serving him. And we do that as we serve also one another. Imagine if we're able to walk in our values more accurately, because each had a witness, had witnessed him for ourselves. We begin, in Jeremiah, it begins to to lay out the impact that we can expect to have uh, as we serve his purpose, as we make a difference. It brings us back to that whole issue of salt and light. I think we've got a little PowerPoint here. Can we just put that up now? Yes. Just imagining the doors, integration, people rapidly belonging, feeling that they've got friends who actually care for them, who have their best interests at heart, people to hang out with, you know, being part of a family, part of a community, receiving and giving invitations. It's not sort of a central uh, bureau that issues them, but life being expressed. Joining the express train, going somewhere, a sense of purpose. But going together, it's it's one thing to go. But the joy of going together is something a bit extra, a bit special. Don't you think so? No, I think I'll just go on my own. Uh, I'm I'm going to the football, I'm going to the shops. Go on my own. Prefer my own company. I don't know. I'm going on holiday. Yeah, I think I'll go on my own. Well, see, it's not wrong to do that, but most of us choose something different. The joy of actually being together. Going with brothers in arms. Being loved and needed. Sense of responsibility. Loving others. And touch down and actually be expressed in reality. Reality. Of course, along the line, we will find that we need and we have the opportunity to care for one another. You may have noticed that we don't have a pastor in this community. There's nobody with the name pastor. Because we don't, first of all, believe in titles, but secondly... We don't have a pastor because we, pastor, care for, out of love, one another. Of course there's support for that. Of course there's skills that we bring into that. But essentially, that's the role of a people who love one another. So not a procedure. But the Bible talks about being able ministers of the new covenant. People that are able to minister that life to others. People that have been led to get a sight of him. If someone's reluctant to be honest, rather than just telling them they must be honest or they must say this, that or the other, the focus is to encourage that person to turn eyes to God. We heard that a brilliant illustration or description of a scene that Charlotte brought to us right at the beginning of getting her child to look at the instructor and how that changed the thing completely. And encourage someone to turn their eyes to God and the sight of him, and cause a get a sight of him and causes that desire and that ability to do what is right. You know in pastoral care, everybody should feel cared for and loved by someone. And care would be developmental, not just reactive. The Bible talks about, you remember it talks about the good shepherd uh, leads the sheep to green pastures. What's that for? So that they might Feed, grow, develop. I mean, we've got to understand that these are the pictures. The idea that... um, See, the idea of having some sort of, I don't know, long-term sort of hospital ward where people are always needing to come for care, I think it's better to have the idea of a first aid station, you know? get sorted, get fixed and get back into the battle, uh, get back into the purpose of life. So it's important that we understand that pastoral care is about equipping and developing as well as caring for needs that may occur, may come up. Looking for what God is doing in growing someone and fanning, them, fanning that into flames. I think you might call it friendship, love expressed in friendship. As we have a phrase, close enough to know, love enough to care, and willing to pay the price to do it. That's what we're about. And then I think there are lots of things we may do together going forward. We can look back, we maybe do some of those things again. A number of you uh, were experienced great development, great excitement as you went to serve other people. You Think of some of the testimonies that you brought back. Not so much just what you did where you went to Zimbabwe or somewhere how that impacted you and the effect it had so will we do that again? Yeah, if that's the thing that God gives us to do. What about teams evangelism teams, outreach teams that we've done in various places Yeah, if that's where God opens up I don't know the detail what about church holiday oh yes yes Where the sun always shone, (laughs) the wind never blew too strongly, and every year we went somewhere different. (laughs) But that was significant because it's what God gave us to do. Will we do that again? I can't, I don't know what we're going to do going forward. I do know that we have. A purpose to serve God in our generation. And that may include things we've done before and things we've never done before. Enjoying being together. That sense. Remember the story we use about the man who was, uh, some dignitary was visiting the NASA facility going round and say and and, uh, and, what, do do? and uh, what do you do and what do you do and what do you do they came to a sweeper somebody a cleaner he said I'm helping to put a man on the moon vision purpose not focused just on the task but on what it was seeking to achieve and development along the way for each of us. An excuse for developing friendship and seeing God's transformation together. And children and youth, young people have a sense of calling. is representatives on the earth, a seriousness, not here for my own entertainment. I, that was a, a great story I heard very recently. One of the younger children discovered that he was in a class where all the others, I think, were, uh, were definitely non-Christian, maybe Muslim, quite a lot of Muslims. He said, came home and said, I'm the only one who knows Jesus. I'm the only one in that class with a sense of excitement there for a purpose. I, I think that, I love that. I want to see our children and our young people <clears throat> as, as beacons of light of people who set the scene, who set the temperament. Not those who are affected by the environment in which they are, but they are those who affect the environment, bring something different into the situation by the power of God, power of the Holy Spirit. We're looking to have a... A family resemblance. Wherever you look, those coming, looking in, see those same values coming through. People that are influencers, bringing salt and light. Loving, enjoying being together. We take our enjoyment seriously, don't we? I'm really enjoying this. So nice to see you. I'm so happy. <laughs> oh, come on, have a laugh. You're only young once. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So am I. Yeah. And then lurking in the background, we've got this building thing. Don't mention much about that, it's just a tool. But I mean quite a big tool I wonder what God's got in mind on that a tool in our hands a place where we can work out where we can bring into being things that have been birthed in individuals and then supercharged friendship journeying with with each other I know I tell you stories of long ago but it's nice because you get a history lesson as well. So gather around, listen. Many, many years ago, before many of you were born, there were not many motor cars. And when people were going to go out together, like a group like this, they had to get on what was called a motor coach. Anybody been on a motor coach? See, look. Have you ever been on a coach? Put your hand up. Oh, all right. You know what I'm talking about then. I didn't think people did that these days, but you see, it was you didn't do that very often. It was like a kind of once a year, and it took longer. There were not motorways. I'm not. I mean, there were coaches. I'm not talking about stage coaches. I'm talking about actual <laughs> coaches. But because it. People weren't mobile. So you, you did this and it was an event. And it was such an event, the children and those young at heart. Anybody young at heart here? Yeah? Good. Alan is, yeah? That's good. Did you say, Margaret, you're young at heart? Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. As we got closer, they were looking who would be the first to see the sea? I mean, it sounds a bit corny now. It seems a bit sad. But that was life then. But here's the point. Looking for something beyond. Looking for something more. Looking to see beyond where we actually were. We have a really key role to present each other mature, to look beyond where we are. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature, new creation. The old is gone and the new is here. C.S. Lewis said this, The dullest person next to you, if you could see them in their future sense, would be a creature you'd be tempted to worship. The measure of transformation that God is working, can work and will work in us is amazing. And then a whole situation of great joy. Joy being together. Every day, this is Acts. Pictures of New Testament church. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. I, I kind of like the feel of that. Do you like the sound of that? Yeah? I mean, would you be averse to seeing something like that happening? Yes, yeah? Yeah. That's what I believe we should be looking to see. Not cheap, great cost. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. It doesn't give the feel of a kind of happy, happy glee club. It gives a feel of somebody and people feeling here's something we want to be part of. These people have got something. These people are going somewhere. These people have have discovered something. Discovered what it is to love God and to love one another. Let's take a moment. Maybe again on Zoom in the breakout rooms if you want, but here, talk to somebody. What's excited you about what you've heard? What's excited you about what you've heard? Not just today, but we've run through, we've done a resume of some of the things that God's doing amongst us. When you take stock, when you take stock, there's an amazing array of God manifesting his life and power amongst us. Just take a moment, talk to somebody. What are you excited about? Just share it together. What has excited you about what you've heard? As we, as we share and rejoice together, it's not unreasonable to expect your members of the body that you may have the thought, the idea, sense from God about something that we should do. I've talked about things you've done in the past. I've talked about the things that express our togetherness. But what if God gives you the thought about what we should be doing coming forward? And I want, I want, as we go ahead, to see that that's something that we can all engage in. You know, this, this conversation that we're having doesn't end with the big feast. We're talking about where God is taking us. We're talking about moving on from where we are. But we're going to enjoy that time together. Now, when we come together, we're going to take opportunity uh, to break bread together. Sometimes you call it communion. That's a very, very significant and precious thing it, mostly it seems in the scripture that was always done in the context of a, of a meal I just want to very quickly mention there's two parts of that first part is um, they're both in Corinthians 10 and 11 the first part is recognising that we're part of one another in the same way as it says we're taking bread from one loaf it's a kind of uh, visual effect, visual demonstration of something which we're expressing. God has joined us together for this purpose. So that's the first part. The second part, actually the more important part, because it actually, although it comes second, it's it's really first, is that we're part of that. One body, but we're also recognizing we are there because of what Christ has done. We're there, so we're remembering that it cost him his body broken and his blood shed. It's a very, very key thing. It's a, it's a great thing, but it's very key. In fact, it's so important that it says, you know, don't do this lightly. And certainly don't do this if you're not at one with the rest of the body. In fact, it warns things like, that's why some are sick, because they're, they're not rightly recognising the body. This is so significant, so wonderful, so important, that it can't be done lightly. You know, um, in my background, religious background I'm talking about, it was weird how churches got this so back to front. And, it, I mean, the place where my parents took me, it was like a, it was an unreal thing. It wasn't something that was done in life. And when they got to this point of doing, the breaking of bread, the pastor would take on, or the minister would take on a very, very solemn tone. And we'll begin to talk about if there were people there that had not given their lives to Jesus, they were in great peril, they should not take this bread and this wine. Completely got it wrong. It's not to do with people that don't know Jesus, that have not surrendered to him. It's to do with the people that have said, yes, I'm part of the kingdom. Yes, I've submitted to Jesus. And it's saying that they are the ones that should make sure that they don't have any problem or any outstanding issue with anybody else in the body before they come to break bread. And it was kind of projected so that it didn't touch the reality of what God had intended. This is a very wonderful, awesome opportunity to express love one to another to express recognition of the huge price that was paid, that we should actually be able to be part of God's vision and God's purpose. So here we are. God's excited about this, I think, maybe. I like to believe he is. I wouldn't want to be excited if he's not excited and I'm a bit excited, even though I take my excitements, like many of you, very seriously. Come on, let's let our hair down. Not not you and me, Richard. (laughs) Uh, All right. But seriously, if you're not catching this, but you don't want to be on the outside looking in, again, opportunity, confess your need. Lord, I want this to touch me. I don't want to just be going through the procedure. There may be some need. It may not be something about you right now, but it's something about us. We're a family. But we want to be able to engage and enjoy this. When you're thinking, if you're thinking, oh. Oh, I feel a bit overwhelmed. There's so much I'm meant to be doing. Then you know what that means? It's time to come and say, Lord, my times are in your hands. I need your help. I need your guidance. I need to be not just dragged along. I need to be part of this. Let me see you afresh and be motivated and empowered by you to do what to do what you have me to do. Isn't that good? I haven't got to do what other people have to do. I can only have to do what he gives me to do. And he empowers me to do it. And to do it with joy and to be able to come into what he wants. And I think he wants a people to enjoy being together in his purpose, loving him, loving one another, living as though we do, and actually enjoying it. Praise God that he's not brought us to some sort of vigil, some sort of set apart. If you you manage to survive, I'll scoop you up into heaven eventually, but into the joy of serving him and the fulfilment of his